Welcome back to the Make Account Podcast. I'm Marcus Meir, founder of Meir Group CPAs and the Total Control Accounting System. And I'm Tyler Warner, small business owner with a lot of accounting questions. And today we're talking employee retention credits. And they're as sexy as they sound. And that's the extent of my knowledge (laughs) on it. So... (laughs) Yeah, but I think you're going to have some questions as we get into it. I'm sure I will. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't your intro say small business owner with a lot of accounting yeah, questions? Yeah, exactly. Okay. All right, so let's get into it. All right, employee retention credits. If you're not familiar with that, I want to give everybody kind of a high-level overview what that looks like, what it is, why you should be paying attention, why they're super lucrative. And and I will say all this with a caveat, like these are obviously federal government credits. So I'm not going to get into a discussion about whether it's right for the government to be handing out these credits and Mm -hmm. what they're doing with federal spending and all that. This is a political commentary on the credits, the genesis of them, whether or not we should be borrowing the money to give these credits. This is just commentary on the fact that they, these things are available. And if you're a small business owner, you need to pay attention. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. So how do we, how do these things come to be? Okay. So let's go, let's go back to the pan when the pandemic started March, I think it's March of 2020. Um, what happened was everybody's familiar with PPP loans, right? Payroll protection plan loans. Everybody was getting them. It was basically kind of like the government's lifeline to keep people in business, right? I mean, payroll protection. It was meant to keep, it was meant to incentivize the businesses to keep their employees on payroll so that we're going to give you a loan. You can pay your employees and then we'll forgive the loan essentially a government grant that ultimately became a tax-exempt government grant. Like, government's saying, here, here's some money based on your previous payroll. You can still pay your employees, and if you do certain things and meet certain criteria, we'll forgive the loan. So, in essence, it becomes a grant. Well, at that same time, another thing that was was in the mix, but it, was, it wasn't as popular, was the employee retention credits. And the employee retention credits were basically done this way. We're going to give you credits. And when I say credits, not deductions, right? I think everybody kind of, if you listen to this long enough, you know, a credit is literally, like you said, like a tax gift card or money back. It's not a deduction. It's money in your pocket. We're going to give you employee retention credits to the extent you paid people while you were out of business or you shut down, that sort of thing. Well, there's a little caveat with the PPP legislation that said, yeah, but if you got a PPP loan, you're excluded from the employee retention credits. So... As far as I'm going, as concerned as a CPA helping my clients, we weren't even looking at these things. Right. Every client I knew had an had a PPP loan, so we were excluded yes. from the employer retention credit. It was literally off the radar. This like little small antidote about the legislation that came out in 2020. Well, toward the end of 2020, I want to say December, late in the year, some things changed. And suffice to say, legislation was, I don't know, I don't know if the term's rewritten or amended. Some back alley deal. Back, yeah. <laughs> right. All right. This is a political conversation. Right, 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 right. Yeah. 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 All right. Restrain yourself, Tyler. Yeah, no. But yeah. I have no idea. So. <laughs> basically, what happened was the government basically came back and said, well, we changed our minds. If you got a PPP loan, you now can take the employee retention credit. But there's two criteria. So it's like, oh, okay, these are back in play. But there's two criteria to get them. The first is... You have to have called what's a significant drop in revenue. I think I'm using the term right. Basically, that's defined as did your revenue in 2020, in the, your quarterly revenue, drop by 50% or more compared to that same quarter of 2019? Very simple example. You did 
$100,000 of revenue in the second quarter of 2019. In 2020 second quarter, you did $40,000 of revenue. That would be a $60,000 drop or a 60% drop. You would qualify. What does it mean? It means that all wages paid during that quarter qualify, okay? So that was the first criteria. The second criteria was, back to the original, did you pay wages to somebody while you were significantly shut down? And the shutdown is a very liberal interpretation. I'm not going to get into that. It was basically like, think about a restaurant that had to go takeout only, that's, that's allowed, or a doctor that only could see people on emergencies, that's a shutdown. Mm-hmm. Not just people where, the, like I had some dental clients where they were like, no, you are shut down. Right. So... It's that and more. So just lead this discussion with there were two things that could give you, that could qualify you for the employer retention credits, even if you had a PPP loan, a drop in revenue, and the shutdown. Okay, so we start there. And they said, okay. And and I will say, here's the math or the kind of the magnitude of these credits. It was limited to $10,000 of wages per employee and a 50% credit. So said it another way, the maximum you could take in 2020 for any employee was $5,000. Gotcha. But and you still had to have that employee. No, oh. just you just with the wages you could have let them go. Okay. As long as you whatever wages you paid to this employee, if it was during a quarter in which you met that revenue drop or during a period that you were shut down, you got a credit for it. It was just limited to ten thousand dollars of wages and a fifty percent credit. Okay. So that's you know, that's nice. Those are yeah. those are big. Um and so, but the, the caveat was, well, you can't use the same wages in the employee retention credit calculation and the PPP loan forgiveness calculation. So I'll take a step back. PPP loan forgiveness was based on the government saying, hey, we'll give you this money, but you've got to prove to us that you spent it on payroll mm-hmm. and other costs. But payroll being the biggest one, obviously, payroll protection plan being PPP. So when you filed your application to get that loan forgiven, you had to say what payroll you were claiming. The employee retention credits, when they came back, they said, well, you can't use the same wage for that and this. Okay. So there's very much a massaging of the numbers, or as you like to call it. Yeah, what you cooking, say? cooking the books. Cooking the books, yeah. There's very much a, an interplay between those two credits and like really nuanced calculations that you have to do to ensure that, one, you meet the revenue drop, right, or have a, a shutdown. But two, that you don't use the same wages for both. And there's strategies for all of this. So is it as, am I understanding, like, let's just, simple math, you have 10 employees, like, most everybody would take PPP out on the all 10. Mm-hmm. Does that mean you would no longer be able to apply for employee retention credits on all 10? Maybe. But if you did, like, I took out PPP on five, then I could take out retention credits on the other five? Well, it's not so much an either or. It's uh, yeah, so so it's like this. It's like um what were the wages you paid during the PPP, what's called the covered period. Okay. okay so the PPP covered period was either 8 or 4 or 24 weeks. Most people use 24 weeks because it allowed them more time to spend on payroll to meet mm-hmm. forgiveness. Right. So you'd say, "Okay, during my 24 weeks, what did I spend on payroll?" Okay. How much of that did I need to get PPP loan forgiveness? Because I might have spent more than my PPP loan because PPP loans were based on, generally speaking, about 12 weeks of 2019 payroll. So if you just take the, the analogy forward and say, well, if I'm basing the loan I got on, not on 12 weeks of payroll, surely in 24 weeks I paid out more than that, 
right? That's mm-hmm. just simple. If I kept my payroll at a pretty constant level. Yeah. So you can already see how there's calculation where you could say, well, I only needed 12 weeks worth of payroll in 2020, yeah. and the remainder I allocated to the employee retention credit. Yeah. So it's just like it's really not uh, I'm choosing so-and-so over so-and-so, although there is that kind of calculation because PPP has certain like limits on certain people like owners where you can only take a certain amount. So you would allocate it to employee retention credit, but I don't want to get too much into those we- yeah. the details and the weeds of that. Like that's for us with spreadsheets to solve. But my point in telling everybody in this discussion is just to be thinking about like, wait, I might've heard that employee retention credit and, and am I, and I might've even heard you can't get them if you got a PPP loan. I think a lot of people in a noisy kind of society like to have absolutes. Mm-hmm. I, that's how I was dealing. Like when I heard, PPP exclude you from ER, ERC. I just kind of forgot about it. Sure. It was like it's one less thing to remember. Good. I don't even have to mess with this. Yeah. Then comes December and the law changes. Like, okay, we got to start thinking about this. Right. So leave this discussion with. Well, the 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 credit grew too. Right? Well, that we're going to talk about that. So okay. so we laid out the credit for 2020, which was the revenue drop, the shutdown led you to a ten thousand dollar max and a fifty percent credit. So a five thousand per employee. Well, fast forward to 2021, the deal gets better. So 2021 comes around. They say, well, we're going to make it easier for you to get the employee retention credit. Now it's only a 20% revenue drop. And the credit is now limited to $10,000 per quarter, and it's a 70% credit. So $10,000 of wages, 70% credit is a $7,000 maximum credit per employee per quarter. So if you met it all four quarters, and as I'm saying that, I think there's legislation on the table to end the employee retention credit for the 2021 fourth quarter. But for this discussion, let's just assume sure. it's available. Yeah. There's on the table for you, if your revenue really dropped, to get a $28,000 credit per employee in 2021. Think about that. Yeah. Like people are filing these claims for hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars. I've got, I've got claims out right now for clients. 16,000, 39,000, 44,000. Quentin's working on one. I think it's 65,000. Like these are real numbers. These are like checks back to you. Not $65,000 deduction that saves you 20%. They're like $65,000 in your bank account. Yeah. So 2021 was like, it kind of came at the same time where they, they said you could get employee retention credit, employee retention credit if you had a PPP loan. And then they said, we're going to sweeten the deal for you. So huge. So let's work the example again. Let's just say in the, and again, the revenue drop is still relative to 2019. Now that sounds funny, but it still is. So just work the example forward, say in the second quarter of 2019, you did a hundred grand of revenue. We'll get into what I mean by revenue. Um, And in the second quarter of 2021, you did 70,000. That would be a $30,000 drop or a 30% drop. You qualify. And another thing that, people don't realize too, is when you qualify, based on the way the, the law reads, when you qualify for one quarter, you automatically qualify for the next, even if you didn't meet the revenue drop in that next quarter. It's So basically what I know. So you just had to like have a you bad to meet first quarter or just one quarter of the, the year? And you get the next. So whatever quarter you meet it in, you get the next one automatically. There's two different rules of 2020 and 2021, but they essentially work to, to that effect. Now, let me ask this question. Did you had to, would you have had to file quarterly? No. Has nothing to do with how, and nobody, and let me back up, nobody files anything quarterly from an income tax perspective. 
That's only like payroll taxes or people just pay their taxes quarterly. There's nothing to file. Like you might send in a voucher with your check, but don't, don't misconstrue a filing with a payment. Like when I tell you to pay your quarterly estimates, mm-hmm. that's not really a filing. Okay. That's a tax payment. Okay. You're not a filing in a filing generally is a reconciliation. It's like here's all my income, here's the tax calculation. What did I withhold or pay in throughout the so year? So this is just, you know, it's just on revenue, on your internal So and I will say this, you you should I, I've read about this and I don't know if I've ever come to a concrete decision on this, but I think talking through enough people that are smarter than me about this they say the calculations based on your method you use for tax purposes. So if you're cash or accrual, we've talked mm-hmm. about that, that would be the method you would use to determine your revenue, yeah. to determine if you have a drop. Gotcha. So you can't use one that's beneficial. You can't be a cash basis taxpayer and be like, ooh, on the accrual basis, I had a 25% sure. drop. Yeah. Let's use accrual. You can't. You're a cash basis taxpayer. That's how I've interpreted it. That's how lots of other people that I know that are smart have said it. Right. So, but yeah, I mean, you can see where these things would be really huge. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, so similar to the first PPP loan, where I was talking about in 2020, where you had to work the interplay between the two, a lot of people got PPP a second round, what they called a second draw PPP loan. Uh, I'd call it PPP number two, but a lot of people got you know their PPP loan in, say, April or May of 2020, got that forgiven. And then they came out and said, look, if you want to take a second draw, there are criteria to meet that. But if you meet those criteria, we'll give you another PPP loan. You got to use this same logic when when getting the employee retention credits in 2021. You've got to work the the numbers, cook the books as you say. Right. Yeah. You got to work the numbers, massage numbers <laughs> to make sure you're not using the same wage for both. Okay. So, um, but huge. I mean, huge numbers. And a couple things to kind of think about when you're when you're walking through this that I haven't mentioned. The employee retention credits, you're filing amended payroll tax returns to claim them. That's that's kind of the method. Okay. In retrospect is how you do it. You can take them concurrently, but most people are filing them and getting them in arrears. They're taxable. So if you get the credits, that is essentially like a it's a taxable income to you. And it's taxable to you in the year that the credits relate to. So if you're taking it on 2020 payroll, you might not get that. You might not get that payment <coughs> until 2022, like literally money in your hand or later. But you would amend your tax return and pick up that income on 2020 tax returns. Even though you've already paid it? Yes. That seems complicated. I know. It is. And you would think they would let you do it on a cash basis. Like, look, I'll pick it up as income when I get the money in my pocket. Sure. Not the case. So a lot of people, we have clients, we tell them, like, look. Just know we're going to have to go back and amend your 2020 tax return to record this as income and pay the tax on it. So it seems like you should just do that as soon as you get the credit. Yes. So what we're doing for clients is we're, we're, make, we're, we're filing the amendments, and then we're waiting to see. I'm not going to go file an amended return unless you have the money. Right. If you get the money in, say, in January of 23, then we'll go back in 2020 and amend your tax return because we know we have the money and it's taxable. So that's something to think about. Um, so, I mean, that's a, you know, the deal's good. That makes it not as good. But still, yeah. overwhelmingly positive. If you got a $100,000 credit and you had to pay $30,000 of tax, you, you'd take it. You'd take your 70000 and say thank yeah. you. Yeah, and so you pay based on, like, your tax bracket? Correct. Or, okay. Yeah, yeah it, just, it's just, it just falls into whatever other income you have that year. The, cal- the tax calculation runs and pay the tax on it. 
Yeah, this is just a side note. Yeah. It seems like they would just figure that out. What? And just. Yeah, and be like, all right, Mr. Smith, we're going to give you, you have a $100,000 tax credit, but in 2021, you're, we already know your tax bracket. Do you really want the government doing that for you? How is that any different than what they already do? Well, just to do the math that well, they've and just say, all right, we're just going to give you the difference. I would say why I don't want that. A couple of reasons why the IRS they make mistakes all the time. We get notices, we get notices all the time where they've like I mean we get notices. We got another day a client where they literally just applied the payment to the wrong year. Like then we got to call them and, just, and well first of all you can't get them on the phone. That's another yeah. thing right now. But anyway, no, I would yeah, not. Well, I would not. not advocate, want that. I'm not saying I'm a fan of those right. things either. Right. I, I mean, but I think with what you're saying comes what I'm saying. Yeah. Which is miscalculations and interpretations and going yeah. back and forth and can't get in touch with them. I don't want them anywhere involved in it. Yeah. Fair <laughs> enough. Yeah. All right. So I mean the 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 lesson of this episode is. Talk to your CPA. Talk about. to your CPA. I will tell you another lesson that's rearing its head with lots of people that are like either new clients of ours. Go back to my, my tried and true like knowledge here. Have your accounting done because how do you know? You have to know what your revenue was per quarter. So if you weren't doing that, you got to go recreate it. Mm-hmm. And like then it's got to agree with your tax return. Like so just yeah. like like for clients – where we have them at zero, it's so easy. We yeah. literally just say zero. Would Look, you say like this? You can't cook the books until you've got <laughs> all the ingredients. Well, I would say. Do you until, want that to be the? I would say until you. I would say until you have the gas and your stove turned on. <laughs> like, or, you know, yeah. yes, but yes, whatever your whatever your you know. Yeah, no, that should not be what you. No, we're listen. not going to use that. <laughs> Yeah. The point is made, like, it's so much easier if you have a foundation. Like, we're doing it for clients, and literally, we just say, okay, let's look at their P&L for the third quarter of 2019 and then run it for the past 10 quarters. It gives us the first two of 2021, all of 2020, and all of 2019, and literally, we just go, okay, what is the revenue drop? Mm-hmm. But I got a one client who's new who we picked up last year, and we've, we've moved them to all the systems, but his books were done by – his books were literally kept by the other CPA, and it was a mess. I said, look, what can you get from them? We need to prove that you've got a revenue drop. What's your 2019 quarterly revenue? He doesn't know. Hmm. And so, again, like one of the unintended consequences of having your stuff together is, we've talked about this before, you can seize opportunities. This is an opportunity. You know, and the, and the faster you get in line with the IRS, the faster you're going to get paid. Because I will say, full disclaimer here, I have no clue when these credits are going to come in. Like, I don't know if you make a claim and you're going to get it in six months, 18 months, 24 months. I'm telling the clients that. The oh, IRS wow. is understaffed, backlogged. They don't even hardly. Well, let me ask you this. Have you seen anybody get a check? Not yet. Whoa. No, and I will say this. We hadn't done a ton of them yet. But the one we did seven months ago, we kept calling. They said it's in process. So they're at least processing that one. Processing it seven months ago? Yes. Okay. We should have started with that. We should have led with that, huh? Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that said, get in line. Yeah. Get in line Goodness. faster than you know, sooner than later. Yeah. Yeah. And don't hold your breath. And don't hold your breath. And all men, right. when you get their money, so work with somebody on all this, man. It's just yeah. it's very complicated. You have to know what you're doing. You have to understand. Like we take our time. Like when I say this, I really mean it. 
Quentin and I have built like this huge spreadsheet where we work the interplay between the two and maximize what you're getting back. Like there's strategies for this. Mm -hmm. And we also, it, it also helps if we, we have all your information, like your PPP loan application, right. forgiveness application, all that. Like, but there's strategies and you have to understand the law that came out that said how PPP loan forgiveness and ERC work together. Yeah. And so, can you do ERC without taking PPP? Have haven't taken PPP? Yeah, you absolutely yeah. can. Okay. The issue was at first that you right. were excluded from yeah. it if you got PPP, but you always could claim ERC if you met certain qualifications. It was just the one thing excluded you was getting a PPP loan, and yeah. that's been removed. Sure. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, let's end it there. I yeah. mean, I think we've covered all the bases. You got so it all. I understand it. <laughs> But look, just people need to leave with these credits are out there. They're lucrative. They're five grand per employee in 2020, potentially 28 grand per employee in 2021, and your yeah. revenue had to drop. If you leave with those things, and hopefully you got your revenue done on a quarterly basis, I yeah. hope you've got your books. Let me done. ask you this final question. Yeah. Sorry, we kept teasing the ending, but I know. Um, I know. Like, can you amend your 2020 tax return to claim? a ERC tax credit if you've already filed. So well, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, well, man, I totally missed this. Yeah, I question. filed, and but I could have, you know. Okay, so let me walk you. Yeah, so because I think you asked that question means I wasn't that clear earlier. So here's the, here's the mechanics of getting this credit. The mechanics are you file an amended payroll tax return. That's the, that's the, the form you send to the government saying, hey, you owe me $25,000 in employee retention credits. Okay, let's stop there. That $25,000 is taxable to your, let's just say, to make the, the discussion, you're an S corporation. Mm -hmm. You filed your S corporation and you said your net income was $100,000. Okay? You would now have to go back and amend that S corporation income tax return and say, no, I didn't make $100,000, I made $125,000. That ultimately then flows through to you personally, and you pick, and then you have to amend your business return, and now you're personal. Okay. So ultimately, what would happen if you got a $25,000 credit, boil it down, you'd pick up $25,000 of additional income on your business return that ultimately flows down to your personal return. Yeah. So and you would owe that tax immediately. Yeah, when you would file the amendment, yes. But you may not get the check. But that's but that was my point earlier. We're not amending income tax returns to pay the tax until we know we have the money. Ah, does that make sense? Now it does. That's the strategy. And that's why I didn't know there was such a long gap because I was just thinking, well, shoot, if I amend all these and now I owe an extra 10 grand in taxes and yeah. I gotta, that I got to pay immediately or otherwise, right. what, they're going to penalize me a whole year of interest just like that? How's that that's work? a good question. I, I, don't, I'm, I have to think about that one because we got a client who we amended for a Louisiana return and they got a, they got a penalty and we were like, well, this penalty had nothing to do with us paying our tax late. The situation changed. So yeah, yeah, I think what happens is that's a good question. I, you may, there may be a penalty, but you well, might I'm be able to get out of it. a business owner with a lot of accounting questions. Yeah. Well, you've got a good one. <laughs> All right. Well, but, 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 but the point is, look, I'm telling you thinking through this, we're probably not doing this a hundred percent correct, but we're practically correct. I'm not going to go make my clients pay tax. Amend their returns and pay tax on money that I don't know that they're getting yet. What if they question it? What if they yeah, push back? Sure. What if they say, no, it's not 25. We say it's 18. Yeah, and then you have to go and get that. Yeah, no, we're not yeah. doing that. So I just said, because, you know, it's funny. A client emailed me today about we have to amend their tax return for another reason. And he's like, hey, why haven't we amended yet? And I said, well, you don't, you remember we're claiming these credits. He goes, oh, yeah. So, okay. like, nobody would want to 
sure. I think the clients are like, hell yeah, I'm not gonna go pay tax on twenty five thousand if I don't have the money yet. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. I just was. That's a good question. It was unfolding for me in real time, where you know. Oh, that's a good question. I'm glad you asked it because it gave gives me a chance to kind of clarify that and why we're doing what we're doing. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll end it there for real this time. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and uh, as always, go to Mir.group to find other episodes and reach out to Marcus uh, directly there. And, yeah, I feel like this is definitely one where if you're thinking, shoot, I might have missed an opportunity or I need to seize one. Um, yeah, reach out. Reach out. Yeah, we're doing it for we're doing it for clients. And obviously we would do them for new clients. Sure. Um, I think it's one of those in the it's one of those places where from an accounting perspective, Lots of stuff we do is win-win, but this is really a win-win. Like, yeah. it's good work for us. Client sees value in it because you're claiming, you get a claim for them. So, um, yeah, reach out to us. One thing I never I never do say, if you, uh, this the whole promotion deal, share this. What do you say? What do we need the people to share this? What do you do on podcasts? I'm thinking, like, social media. <laughs> download it. Yeah, download leave us, it. Leave us a review. Yeah. How about that? Leave us a review. We'll read it on air. You know, yeah. like we need some people out there listening to this. So. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> All right, see you.